This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful if every one of us got a chance to see, to touch, to be with Jesus in the same way that the shepherds got? Well, someday we can and will, and that's a great thing. I prayed for you this this week. I prayed for me that this will be the most meaningful Christmas season that any of us will have, that this will be a wonderful time of connection with God. And uh, today we're going to develop the theme of of kind of ambushed by God. And uh, we'll take a look at that as so well seen in the lives of the shepherds. I know it's going to be a week of uh, shopping chaos for many. And if you're in your car driving anywhere, it's roadway madness. Have you noticed that? It takes a long time to get anywhere. Um, and uh, I've prayed that through all of that, you know, I was just reading. Those of you who are going through the 21 days of prayer, just reading through that, and I can't remember whether it was this morning or yesterday. In fact, I think it was, um, in fact, I'm sure it was this morning. Jesus said, I have a gift I'm leaving with you. Remember what it was? Peace of mind I'm leaving with you. And I pray that that's what you experience this week as you go through whatever you go through, wherever you go, whatever you encounter, that you will have the peace of Christ in your heart. Christmas is full of surprises. And uh, I want to read a little history uh, for, for a number of reasons. All of us who have had small children have probably had have seen... A Charlie Brown Christmas. Have you seen that? Maybe more times than you care to remember. I want, I'm going to read you. There, there's a surprise in the Charlie in the Charlie Brown's Christmas, and I, I want to read it to you. In 1964, CBS approached local hero to this area, Charles Schultz, about writing and producing an animated Christmas special starring Charlie, Lucy, Linus, and the whole Peanuts gang. Schultz agreed and he began writing. The special began with Charlie standing on his tiptoes, peering into his mailbox for a Christmas card, only to be disappointed again. From there, he went to Lucy's counseling booth to process his feelings. I'm sure you remember that. Lucy agreed with Charlie, bemoaning the commercialism of Christmas, and she added her own Christmas is nothing but a lot of stupid toys. What I really want is real estate. (laughs) CBS liked it because Madison Avenue would like it. Charlie moved on to Snoopy's doghouse only to find him decorating it with an endless string of cheap and gaudy lights in hopes of winning the neighborhood contest. Good grief came the patented sigh from Charlie. By now, the CBS execs were loving it. Even Sally, Charlie's baby sister, got caught up in the trappings. Charlie, I can't write, so would you please write this letter to Santa for me? So he takes pen in hand. Dear Santa, she says, just send money. Preferably tens and twenties. More laughter from CBS. Next, the special found Lucy sending Charlie to pick out a Christmas tree for their neighborhood pageant. 
a shiny aluminum tree, maybe even pink, she said. But Charlie just couldn't do it. Instead, he picked out a real tree. Although small, pathetic, and even somewhat lifeless, it was nevertheless real. But the kids hated it. You blockhead, Charlie Brown. In frustration, Charlie retorted, What is Christmas about anyway? This is really good, CBS drooled. Then Linus stepped into the spotlight and began reading. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were sore afraid. Hold everything, CBS interrupted. You can't quote Bible verses on national primetime television, and especially the old King James Version. You'll alienate our viewers and chase away any potential advertisers. The tree can stay, but the Bible has to go. Schultz stood firm. If I can't tell the Christmas story, you can't have the peanuts cast. And if the Christmas reading goes, so do they. CBS gulped as they saw the production deadline approaching. Okay, they finally said, it stays. But we'll pay a terrible price. Sure enough, on the night it aired, the switchboards lit up with calls from all over the country all asking the same question. When can we expect more Charlie Brown Christmas specials? Soon, CBS promised. Believe it or not, that night, 50% of America tuned in to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas special. An American tradition was born. In fact, TV Guide eventually dubbed Linus's reading of the Christmas story one of the top 25 moments in television history. Yes, Peanuts and the characters have captured all of our hearts over the years, but the real power of a Charlie Brown Christmas isn't Charlie or Lucy or Linus or Snoopy. The story of God stepping out of eternity and into time, stepping out of heaven and into earth to rescue a world of people spinning badly out of control. That's the story. That's the power of the story. It is how God chose to begin revealing himself to his people. CBS got ambushed by God. Did you notice that? They had no clue it was coming. And really, that's the message of hope that I want to give to all of us this morning. And that is, in the Christmas story, there's a wonderful, wonderful message of hope. And I pray that as you leave here this morning in a few minutes, that you will leave with a wonderful message of hope. And we're going to weave it in and around the story of the shepherds. So let's go right to that story, and let's begin reading here in Luke chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Have you ever been wide-eyed at anything? I think these guys probably were. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. And by the way, when you see uh, Christmas stories and so forth, 
the original message was not delivered by a host of angels. We see the, 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 the rest of the angels come in in a minute. But the original message was delivered by only one angel. And the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Just for your sake, would you take your pencil and on your notes, would you underline that sentence? Because that's the heart of the Bible. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Then he goes on to say, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. And and, and at this point, I'm sure these guys are thinking, oh great, I wonder how many babies there are. Because when we get there, they're all going to be wrapped snugly in those strips of cloth. And then the angel says, and uh, lying in a manger. That would narrow it down pretty quickly. There aren't too too many of those. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven. And they were praising God and they were saying, I like to think of this as a chant. And we have it only recorded once. But my guess is if you read the book of of Revelation, you'll find that in heaven, it's very common for people to say things over and over and over again. Because oftentimes, it's not until we hear it many times that the truth of it really begins to sink into us. Just a few minutes ago, we sang in one of our songs a phrase that was repeated over and over again. Beautiful sound. Wonderful sound. Joy of heaven now. That whole thing. And we sang it over and over again because it takes our human spirit a while. But what did they say? They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And as they said it, the shepherds began to get it. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that has happened, what the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, for it was just as the angel had told them. These guys were ambushed by God. I, I want to give us four words. Actually, I want to give us one word and then three components of that word. But that one word you find in the title of this message, and that is finding wonder along the way. And the first word is the word wonder. It's an amazing word that we use. It's, it's the shortened part of wonderful. But when we take it out of the word wonderful, it takes on a whole new dimension. Things are wonderful. By that we mean, oh, that was really wonderful. That was really nice. That was really kind of cool. That was really kind of great and all that stuff. But when someone says, man, I was just like wonderstruck has a whole new dimension. You know, as I thought about that word and prayed about that word, I realized something. When you and I experience wonder, 
I mean the kind that that makes our eyes open and makes our mouths drop. When we experience wonder, it energizes us in a way that nothing else in life does. So many different ways to get this. I went with a group of people just the other night and we went to see Phantom of the Opera in San Francisco. If you've you've ever been to a performance like that, and you've seen the, the absolutely fabulous sets and all the stuff that they do. And then the people come out on stage and they start singing like you don't know anyone could sing, actually. Absolutely amazing. And, and, and you get what I call chicken skin. You know what that is? Yeah. I want to give you a principle this morning. And I want you to catch the principle. Okay? And here it is. It's the sermon in a nutshell. A life without wonder, it's only half a life. I don't know about you. I don't want to go through this life and only get a half of what God has in store for me. I don't want to leave anything on the shelf. I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave anything unopened in my life that God has, that God has provided for me and wanted me to open. I, I don't want to miss any of that. And I do know this. A life without wonder. A life where you're never moved to the point that you shed tears of joy. Even that you would shed tears of sorrow sometimes. A life where, where you just want to jump up and down. It's one of the things we love about kids when they get excited. You don't care what anybody thinks of them. They just jump up and down. They run around the room. They holler and they yell. And they go hug somebody. And it's just all that kind of stuff. Even as adults, that's good for us. Because a life without wonder gets pretty boring. It's only half a life. Jesus came that we might be filled with wonder. That we might be touched down to the deepest parts of our soul. And you know, in the story of of Christmas, God packed in this wonderful story of the shepherds. Have you ever thought about why that story is in there? Shepherds. Just guys out in the field with their sheep. We're going to come back to that later. Did they actually occupy any place of importance in the Christmas story? Did any of the shepherds go on to become apostles? No. Did they become great preachers and teachers? Not that I know of. Did they bring any gifts? Not that we know of. Do we ever read about them again? No, we never read about them again. It's like this little blip where the angels come down and they find these guys and they kind of ambush them. And they go, whoa! And the shepherds go, what's this? And, and here's, the, here's the message. And they just run in town. And they go in town and they see the baby and they go back and, and, and tending their sheep. You know, by 5 o'clock in the morning, they're back with the sheep. End of story, right? Well, not exactly. It's the end of the story in the Bible, but it's not the end of the story. Because these guys got an amazing gift from God. They were ambushed, friendly ambush, but ambushed by God. My prayer for all of us, my prayer for this church, not just at Christmas time. But for everybody who comes to this church, my prayer is that you and I would somewhat regularly get ambushed by God. 
We'd come to church. It's a usual on Sunday morning. We're expecting the worship band to, to sing and play well. And we're expecting to sing worship songs. And we're expecting the pastor to come out, one of our pastoral staff. We're expecting them to come out and to preach and teach wonderful things from God's Word. We're expecting to learn, but we're not expecting to have one of those chicken skin moments at church that Sunday. But guess what? We get it. And God says, it's not just about, you know, making the hair on the back of your neck stand up. But there's a truth in here. There's something I want to do in your life. And you know, that becomes a defining moment for us. Finding wonder along the way. So what is it about wonder? Well, I took the time to look it up in a dictionary. And there's actually three basic elements of wonder and if you're missing any one of the three, it's not wonder. So let's take a look at what those three things are. The first component or the first element is the element of surprise, which is our second word, the element of surprise. You see, the concept of a surprise is something unexpected. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of surprise that you and I probably remember most, and that's when we got scared half out of our skin, right? Or better yet, when we got to scare somebody else half out of their skin. That's what we really like. I'm not talking about that kind of surprise, but I'm talking about the kind of surprise that is something that's either completely unexpected or it's so far beyond what we expected that it's hard to take in. We'll talk about uh, that second component in a minute. But it has this idea... Of, of unexpected. If you're a sports fan, if you follow college basketball at all, then the story that I'm going to recount for you, uh, y- you can see it in your mind. I can see it in my mind. I've seen it. I would know how many times. It's the story of Jim Valvano, who was the coach of the North Carolina State Wolfpack uh, back in the day. The year was 1983. Jimmy Valvano was the head coach of North Carolina State Wolfpack. In his third year as coach, the team had been pretty mediocre. They finished the regular season with a 17-10 and record and in a tie for third place in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The postseason figured to be a short one, a couple of rounds in the ACC Conference tourney. That was about the best that anyone could hope for. However, to everyone's surprise, they not only did well in the ACC tourney, they won it outright, and because of that, received an automatic berth to the NCAA tourney, commonly known as March Madness. No one expected them to do well. And sure enough, they won a narrow victory over Pepperdine in double overtime. They won a narrow victory over Utah, I think, by two points. Then they played, I'm sorry, UNLV. Then they played Utah and won by about 10 points. They played Virginia, which had a powerhouse team, squeaked by by one point. They beat Georgia by two points. Every time they were the cardiac gang in advancing to the national championship game where they were coming up against heavily favored Houston. You, Some of you guys will remember back in the day, the superstars, of Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, the Phi Slamma Jamma gang. 
No one expected the game to be close, and with just over a minute left, they trailed the mighty Cougars by six points. Valvano ordered his team to deliberately foul Houston's big men, who were notoriously poor free-throw shooters. They fouled. They missed. The Wolfpack grabbed the rebounds, and they scored. With just a couple of seconds left in the game-tied Derek Wittenberg launched a desperation shot from long range, hoping his prayer would be answered. Much to his dismay, the shot was hopelessly off target. It had no chance to go in. In fact, it was a complete air ball. Suddenly, out of nowhere, his teammate Lorenzo Charles soared through the air and in one smooth motion caught the errant shot and slammed it through the hoop as time expired giving the Wolfpack a completely unexpected 54-52 to victory and the national championship. Now that's the precise moment that I remember in my mind. As the TV cameras panned the court to capture what was going on, they settled on Coach Valvano, who leaped to his feet, eyes wide open in disbelief, mouth gaping for lack of words, And he raced around the court looking for someone to hug. I've seen that clip so many times. You know what he got? That's wonder. It's that element of surprise where life hands us something so completely unexpected and at a dimension so completely unexpected that we are speechless. Some of you remember the first day that you came to New Life. Somebody drug you here or invited you here, however the case was. And you came just expecting, okay, 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 I'll go to church. And yet today, you look back at that day and you realize that it is now the defining moment in your life. For on that day, you got exposed to God. Not just to a church. You got exposed to God. And for the first time, you encountered Him. And you realize that your life has never been the same from that day forward because when you encounter God, when any human being encounters God, amazing things happen. It wasn't like all the problems in your life went away. It wasn't that magic thing where you somehow got touched by God's you know, fairy wand and He sprinkled a little fairy dust on you and everything was great. It was something far deeper than that. It was a profound change that began way down in your soul and in your spirit. And it's working its way out in your life day after day after day. Friends, that is the Christmas story. That is wonder. That's why God put the story of the shepherds in the Bible. So you and I could relate to that. That, that it's a great thing to be surprised or ambushed by God with this wonderful message of good news. The, the second element, or our third word today, is this. And that's the element of awe. Sometimes we use the word awesome a little loosely, but the idea is in this concept of awe, surprise is about not expecting something Awe is about not being able to take it in fully in that moment. You have that moment you don't ever want it to end, right? 
And everything inside your spirit tries to take in what you are seeing. And it's just almost impossible to take in. I want you to think with me for a minute about, about this being God's specialty. And you know, once again, we have a wonderful illustration not very far from here. You and I could, on virtually any day, travel to Yosemite Valley, 81 miles of the Merced River, snake their way through the Yosemite National Park. It's a peaceful little river, really. But if you've ever floated down the Merced River in Yosemite Valley, you find yourself all of a sudden, you find yourself floating through towering granite cliffs that take your breath away. Majesty and grandeur. And thundering and crashing waterfalls that come down into that valley and beautiful and lush green vegetation that's growing up. And as your, sky, as your eyes move up to the sky, it's a beautiful blue that's the perfect backdrop for all that you see. It's breathtaking. And I, every time I go there, I stand either on the valley floor or at one of the observation points. And it's like I could stand here for 10 years and still not be able to fully take this in. I had told Monica about Yosemite Valley many times and she had never been. And the first time that I took her, we went to two or three places. And the last place we went was down on the valley floor. And we pulled over to one of the lookouts and we got out of the car. and We were taking pictures. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, now I know why everybody says what they say about Yosemite. When I ask them, describe its beauty to me. They look at me and they say, you just got to go there. Because words just don't do it justice. And it's not just Yosemite Valley. Um, one of the things that I've been doing recently, it's just fascinating for me, is uh, we get a channel called HDNet. And it's got a program called InFocus. And they've been running specials called Coastlines of the World from the Air. You talk about take your breath away stuff. You look at that and you just think, God, you created a display rack of wonder and awe in our world. And most of us, you know, we're pretty familiar with the path between our house and Safeway. You know, we're luckies, right? Yeah, there's a whole world out there of just amazing things that take our breath away. And at each point that if we will allow ourselves, God is saying, I'm not short on wonder and I'm not short on awe and I can do so many things that would take your breath away. Would you just let me into your life? Because if you let me into your life, I'll not only provide for you mountains and waterfalls and seascapes, I'll start changing the landscape of your life and I will do things through you you never thought possible even if you're a shepherd. Yeah. And that is the message of Christmas. 
this take your breath away wonder and awe. Can you imagine? For the rest of their lives. You know what the shepherds were saying? Can't you see one of those shepherds with his grandkids? Hey kids, come here, let me tell you a story. <laughs> you know what happened to me one day when I was out in the field just taking care of the sheep? They never tired of telling that story. And every time they told it, it would be fresh because they could think and remember that powerful, powerful story. Let's go to word number four. Word number four is admiration. You know, you could have surprise and you could have wonder, but it has to have that concept of admiration because you and I have both seen things in our life that were I mean, it, it was something we couldn't take in. It was awesome, and we certainly didn't expect it. The only problem was, it was horrible. And instead of wonder, it was shock. You see, the thing about wonder, wonder comes in and warms the human spirit. Shock, on the other hand, listen to this, makes your blood run cold. You've been there, seen that, right? Yeah, both of them will make their hair stand up on the back of your neck. But one has this wonderful way of releasing what God has put inside of you, and the other makes you want to hold it tight and hang on. Yeah. Well, when God comes into your life, He does not come with the kind of terror that makes your blood run cold. He comes with the kind of love and grace that warms your heart. And warms your spirit. That's what the shepherds got that night. They got that wonderful sense of, 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 of admiration. So much so that they felt compelled to go see the baby. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing that shepherds were kind of... I don't know. Kind of men's men. Don't you think? These were not guys who sat in the office and pushed pencils all day. Yeah, believe it or not, they had those. These were not guys who sat in a shop somewhere and sold merchandise to people. These were not businessmen who traveled and made deals. These guys were shepherds. These were guys, you know, that sheared the sheep. And these were the guys that took care of the sick sheep and lifted the sheep and, and did all the stuff that they had to do with sheep and assisted in birth. They were kind of men's men. Now, if you could have interviewed these men's men that night and said, hey, where are you guys going to? We're going to go see a baby. Um, relative of yours? No, we're just into seeing babies tonight. You know, this was so far out of their comfort zone, completely beyond anything that you would have ever expected of them, and certainly that, than they would have expected of them. But why did they go? They, they, there was this wonderful attraction, because when you understand that, that you've been ambushed by God in a great way, with great news, and, and you've been told a story that you can hardly take in, and the setting of the angel, and, and, and boy, when you see an angel, that, that's got to take your breath away to begin with. And then they see the heavens open and, and the host of God's mighty army of angels. And they're all chanting glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people on whom God's favor rests. And they hear that over and over again. I mean, when the heavens finally close and the angels go away, they look at each other and go, I'm going. 
Who wouldn't? And so they go. And they show up. You know, there's no directions. There's only one hint, right? You will find a baby wrapped in these claws and lying in a manger. And they go in. Wouldn't you have loved to have been a little mouse on the wall? Somewhere? Not a mouse. Spider a fly on the wall. Mouse in the corner, I think. That's how that works. <laughs> these guys are headed into town and they're looking for a baby in a manger. Where would you go? You know? <laughs> they go to the first barn they can find. Bang, 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 bang. The farmer comes to the door. Who's banging on my barn? Well, it's us, you know? Zach and Isaiah. Yeah, what are you guys doing? We're looking for a baby. You got a baby in your barn? What? You know, have you guys lost your mind? No, no. We saw an angel in the sky. The angel says a baby in the barn somewhere here. It would have been fascinating to follow those guys. But you know something? They didn't care what anybody thought of them. You know, Zach and Isaiah probably shut the door laughing. What's up with those guys? They didn't care. They went to the next barn. And eventually, when they rapped on the door of the barn, they could hear activity inside. And it wasn't donkeys and sheep and, and, and cows, although they, although they probably heard that. But when the, when the door opened, and there was Mary and the baby and Joseph, they knew. Here we are. As we close, I want to share with you a couple of things. This was the defining moment in their life. And from this moment on, this is the lens through which they viewed their lives. Prior to this moment, they were just shepherds. From this moment on, they were shepherds who had seen the king. Prior to this moment, they were just simple citizens of Bethlehem. But after this moment, they were citizens of Bethlehem who had seen angels in the sky and their lives would never be the same. No matter what happened in their life, no matter what setback they came on, they always could reflect back on this day and say, the favor of God rests on me because He sent an angel to me. And no matter what happens in my life, I know I can trust God because He sent His Savior into the world. I saw Him. Could something like that happen in your life and mine? It might not be an angel in the sky, or it might be. I'm pretty sure God's not all done with angels. But what's important is not whether it's an angel or a vision or a dream or, or an epiphany, some people would say. The method doesn't make any difference. What does make a difference is there a moment in your life that you can look back to when you know you encountered God? And that became the defining moment of your life. Prior to that moment, you were just Joe. But after that moment, you were Joe, the follower of Jesus Christ, because you encountered God and you recognized that if you go through life, and no matter what you experience, if you go through life and you never encounter God, you've lived only half a life at best. 
And no matter what happens in the rest of your life, you can always look back to that moment and you could say, I know I am loved by God and I know I can trust Him with my life for I encountered Him in a life-changing way. Now that's my prayer for everyone here. That we would all have not just that moment, but even subsequent to that moment, those wonderful times when the reality of God and the reality of His presence and the reality of His plan in our life become crystal clear and worthy of our trust. I want to leave you with just three simple concepts. And the first one is this. Any day. It could happen any day. It could happen for you today. And I hope it does. Bob already said to you that God's favorite word all throughout the Bible when it comes to salvation and encountering God, God uses only one word and it's the word today. It could happen any day. You know, when the shepherds headed off to spend the evening with the sheep that night, it was an ordinary day for them. (laughs) You know, they didn't go, hmm, December 25th. That sounds rather ominous. Maybe something really cool is going to happen tonight. No, it was another stinking night with the sheep. That's what it was. Just an ordinary day. They didn't get any advance warning. They didn't have any premonitions. They didn't know. They just went. Ordinary day. And you know, for me that holds such hope. Because I tend to get up seven mornings a week. Just like you, right? And I pray that God will be active in my life. And I pray that I will be in tune with Him. And I pray that that I might encounter Him in that day. And there are a few times in our lives when God shows up in extraordinary ways on a particular day. And we have these wonderful moments of great discovery that change our lives. I had one of those not, not just not too long ago in the whole realm of ministry. It was just a wonderful revelation from God. But you know, the great thing is, if I get up every morning and I tune into God and I invite Him into my life, I realize it, it could happen any day. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday. That's the message of Christmas. You can encounter God today. might be today. The second thing, anybody. We read that story. Does it say the angels appeared to these guys because they read their devotions regularly to the sheep every night? And that's why God chose these shepherds, because they were the most holy and devout shepherds of all the shepherds that God could find. I don't see anything in there about that. Were they on a prayer retreat with the sheep? I don't think so. They were just tending sheep. It could be anybody. These guys weren't priests. They were just shepherds. Wonderful message of Christmas. And that is, yes, God loves pastors. And yes, God loves Sunday school teachers. And yes, God loves Billy Graham. And yes, you know, all that stuff. But you know something? He doesn't love any of those people any more than He loves you. Anybody. You ever wonder why the story of the shepherds is in the Christmas story? I think that's one of the major reasons. They were just ordinary guys. And God says... This is a message for you. I love in the video clip that we saw when the shepherd was getting ready to reach out and touch the baby and he drew back. You remember what Mary says? 
He's for all people, not just me. And the third concept is any place. Were these guys in a cathedral somewhere? No. Were they in a church building somewhere? No. Where were they? They were just out in the field with their sheep. You know, that's the great thing about God. He's not into a lot of stuff that oftentimes we as people get into. So my message for you today and the message that I would love to pass along to you during this Christmas season is that you would encounter God and it could be any day to any one of us in any place. You know, as the shepherds left and went to see Jesus and as they saw Jesus and left and went back home, there was something that they knew for sure. And it's wrapped up in that Christmas word that we use often, Emmanuel. You know what they knew? They knew that God was with them. The worship team's going to sing that song, God is with us. I want to pray for you before they sing. I want to pray for me. And then I want you just to sit quietly and open your heart to God and say, God, would you be with me this Christmas season? Help me to sense your presence in a way I never had before. Let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness in our lives, for your graciousness. Thank you for leaving heaven and coming to earth to rescue a people who needed you so desperately. Thank you for calling us back to a point of wonderful health. Father, would you help us in this Christmas season to sense your goodness, to sense your presence, and to encounter you in a way we never have before. I pray in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.